You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. This edition of It's My Money is brought to you by Brenthurst Wealth, your partner for global wealth creation. It's Tuesday, so it's time for It's My Money with Brenthurst Wealth. And with me today is Andre Basson. Andre is talking to us from the Western Cape of the Republic of South Africa and the beautiful Val de Vie estate. You have an office there. Yes, yeah, Lindsay. Uh, we, we recently opened an office here and it's uh, such a privilege to, to work from such a beautiful place. And uh, Yeah, nice. I'm sure you do. It's fantastic. And there can be nothing better than being in the countryside close to Pal, just as autumn sort of draws to a close. But anyway, let's talk about more uh, important things or rather what many people think are more important things, global trends in markets, continuing or not, you say. The first point you want to make is about e-vehicles, and you put in brackets, Tesla, more than a car maker, software and batteries. So it's almost a tech company, not a car company. Lindsay, so in the, the market commentary I read and a lot of people I talk to, there's, there's a very diverging view around Tesla. So certain part of the market, more the old school kind of fund managers, they'll say, no, why would you buy Tesla? It's worth more. The market cap is worth more than the whole automobile industry. So if you add Volkswagen and, and uh, BMW and the whole lot, GM, then Tesla surely can't be more than that. Uh, if you look at the future earnings potential, but if you dig it a bit deeper, you'll see that. And then there's the other part of the market that or, or fund managers or investors that they say no. But if you look at all the innovation that's in the pipeline with Tesla, let's say a lot of that goes right, not wrong, then it could become a trillion-dollar company. So Tesla, if you dig a bit deeper, they actually own their own software that they can use within the e-vehicle. So it's no use to have an electronic vehicle, but it can't drive by itself autonomously, like if you really think long term. But to do that, you need the right software, and you actually need 5G technology, which is coming along quite nicely. So a lot of the other big players like um, Volvo, Volvo has got a third or around a third of the, the vehicles in, in Europe already working uh, in some sort of a um, electronic form, uh, but they don't they don't own their own software. They need to get the third parties in. So Tesla, there's a lot of, the only point I want to make is there's a lot more than just the e-vehicle in, in this company. They're looking to manufacture their own batteries. Yes. They've got a lot of software and so there's a lot more. So um, if you see the price rocketing up, I think some of that is a bit overblown. Could be. But if you think long term, there's more to it than just a, a e-vehicle. Just talking about the share price, I mean, it's gone from uh, above 900 down to close to 600. So it's been a really a big move. But I was talking to somebody the other day, and she said to me that the point about the other companies that are entering the e-vehicle market in a in a big way is that they don't have the battery technology that Tesla has. Yeah. They don't have it. So although, this, for example, Volkswagen came out with with an announcement maybe ten days ago, and the share price went through the roof, but they still don't. They're still not as advanced as Tesla. And although Tesla's cars are very expensive, uh, the fact is that they are way ahead of the competition. Yeah, so on an expensive point, uh, you, you really hit a button there. Um, Neo in China. So, so if you look at other the competitors in, in Asia, they, they're much cheaper. So Biden actually need to look at subsidizing e-vehicles because he wants the, all of the U.S. to drive on e-vehicles by 2035. Yes. I don't know how he's going to get get that to be get around the petrol heads that want to drive a V8. But 
to just make a point that if they really want to be competitive, uh, they need to bring the cost down and they need to subsidize from a government perspective. So I don't know if that's going to come through, but there's a lot of stuff in the background that might be a tailwind for e-vehicles for Tesla. Um, okay. But you don't only need to buy a Tesla. You can, there's, there's some other players in the market, like I mentioned, near China. Exactly. You make a few more points here. You say, why has tech come down? Is there room for continuing growth? But I'll, I'll bring that in to another question. I don't want to talk about telemedicine and cloud storage in hospitals, cybersecurity and mm. cloud, digital economy in emerging markets. It's very important. But let's have a look at tech. The, one of the other points you make, tech companies in China and why certain regulation is not that bad. Uh, you say tech versus financial. Now, one of the things that happened this morning was the Hong Kong Stock Exchange hosted a new company. It's called Baidu. It's already listed on the on the Nasdaq. Mm. So you know, instead of Fang stocks, we've got Bat stocks and Bat stocks are Baidu, Alibaba, and Tencent. Would you prefer to be in bat stocks or fang stocks at the moment? I'd prefer, prefer, prefer to be in both, to give you like a diplomatic answer. But I really like, I don't think you should exclude the Chinese uh, tech companies. Because if you look at it, the, and there's other ones that's interesting as well, like Meituan, there's, there's a couple of more. But um, the Chinese, if you think about what's happening in China and the growth that's in China, the middle class that's just growing in China, it's really a, a good story to be part of. The point I wanted to make was tech versus financial is that Alibaba, they wanted to, to do the biggest IPO in the like in history with the end group and, and it got uh, torpedoed at last minute by the Chinese government. Now, a lot of people say now the Chinese government is communist and, and everything is bad now. But the point they, they um, want to drive home is that Alibaba can't, have it regulated as a tech company. It's actually a financial company. If you look at all the payments, digital payments they make on the cell phone, the app they own, etc., they needed to be regulated as a financial company. So if you think, and, and if they would, together with Tencent, they will own, almost own the whole market in China. Now you can't have two companies or one company have a monopoly in a market, in a financial market that's not regulated. Just imagine EPSA and FMB and Standard Bank and Capitec have almost no regulation they can do on the credit market, whatever they want. So it's not a bad thing with that regulation. But I think if you're going to invest in China, Chinese tech companies, if they're going to dip their fingers in, in, in the financial industry in China, um, you're going to have regulation. You're going to have the government as a partner. And it's something you, you need to live with. But it's a really exciting story. I think long term. Yeah, I think it is as well. What about the sector rotation between growth and value and momentum stocks, however you want to categorize them? Uh, but there has been yeah. some, some switching. And it, it changes from day to yeah. day, but uh, there has been a definite movement out of tech stocks, particularly yeah. companies like Tesla. Maybe it's just a short-term thing. What is your view on this? Is it short-term or is this a trend that is emerging? Yeah, so to be brutally honest, you know, I, know, I don't know exactly which sector will be the best in this year. But what I do know is that I would want to invest in something that I believe in in the long term. And the, the problem that I have with value is that I don't think you should put all your eggs in, in a basket if you just want to rotate from the one industry to the other. So th there has been a rotation away from growth or momentum kind of style to, to, to value. And it, it, it was inevitable. Yes. Um, it must happen sometime. And, and my view on this is pretty much the same as one of the biggest fund managers we use, uh, Fund Smith, um, Terry Smith runs that fund. And I posed this question to him a while ago and he said, listen, there must be a rotation towards more value stocks. But if it happens, he's not going to move his money 
he's going to stay invested. Now, he is as a quality style, but um, so we like more of a quality and a momentum or growth combo. Um, but there will be some value shares that we do like or, or funds. But if you invest in value, I don't think you should invest because of a rotation because you don't know when it will happen. If you invest in value, it should be that that industry still needs to be relevant in the long term. So a good example of this would be Citibank was really low priced um, a year ago or so. And the point is they have a strong balance sheet. They're in the financial industry. That, that's not going to go away. But I don't think you should invest in value because you want to make a quick buck out of it. Um, so the rotation, I don't think, is like a long term, like for the next five years, you're going to continue seeing that. And it's just part of the, the volatility that you need to, to live with. What about um, South Africa, Andre? When we've been talking, we've been talking about Tesla and we're talking about Citibank, uh, for example. We haven't really mentioned any South African companies. Is there anything that has caught your eye uh, recently? Because we are in results season at the moment and the banks have come out with their numbers, the insurance companies are the same. Have you looked at those and thought, yeah, actually, I, I need to put some money into these, apart from the fact that I'm always going to diversify with an overseas exposure? Yeah, so we don't, there's some of the one or two value funds that we like in South Africa, but, um, or, or funds that as a resource uh, expo component to it. But to be honest, we I don't track the, the South African market that much because we focus, We I, I, I invest my money uh, in the best, try to invest my money in the best stocks in the world. And if South Africa is part of that, they can include it in the world, worldwide fund or global fund. But if, if we have a South African investor that says, he wants to invest locally and he's not happy with bonds that gives him right eight or nine percent, seven, eight, nine. Then we will look at certain funds uh, that that does include a lot of platinum, uh, that does a lot include a lot of uh, diversified miners because of the Chinese growth story, the fiscal. But we would still steer away from companies that has a big exposure to local, the SA Inc. story. So even if a uh, a local insurer or local bank comes out with better than expected results or worse than expected results and the, the, the price takes a dive. I would be wary of that because we don't think the next four years or so it's going to still be difficult from an from a economic perspective for, for South Africa. Very well put, very well described. Thank you very much, Andre. That's Andre Besson from Brentus Wealth. And that was It's My Money. It's My Money was brought to you by Brentus Wealth, an award-winning boutique wealth management company. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organization, employer or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.